Welcome to the Recession Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. Join your host, Sam Newell, as he educates you on how to make profitable, low-risk real estate investments that will cash flow through any economy. Hear interviews with the top real estate investors and entrepreneurs in the country to find out what they've learned and implemented since the 2008 recession. With over 10 years in real estate investing, it has become Sam's goal to help others invest for double-digit returns, but to also stay safe and not get caught in the next downturn. Tune in and become recession-proof. Welcome to the Recession-Proof Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm really excited to have my good friend, investor, and top producing realtor, Dean, on the show. Dean, welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm excited to have you. You got you and I have a lot in common and um, yes. been watching you on Facebook. And obviously, we've been hanging out at events, racing mm-hmm. cars together in Las Vegas, doing lots <laughs> of fun stuff. Um, so I love having people like you on the show because it's different. You know, I'll, I have a lot of investors who have big portfolios and, and we just talk about investments. We talk about rentals. And what I really like uh, in my life is people who think big, who are producers, who are workhorses, who are disciplined and positive thinkers. And that's been my favorite part about having a podcast, to be honest, is actually not talking about just investments, talking about what do you do as a family man to balance work and life? What do you do um, to be a top producing realtor in New Jersey? And what is your mindset? You're a happy, positive dude. So I'm excited for today. But um, to start off, tell us a little about yourself. I do know you got in real estate in 2011. Um, You have a team. You're a top producing realtor in North Jersey, basically everything Mm -hmm. close to the Hudson River. And um, you have three little girls. Just had one. Uh, what in February? That's right. Yeah, your your third in January. January, J- January thirtieth, officially. Jan- yeah. Okay, got to get that date right. January thirtieth. <laughs> you're still not getting a whole lot of sleep, but um, yeah, doing a ton of deals. You're investing in in our deals. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me a little little bit about your family and and your team and everything you've got going on at home. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been doing it, uh, yeah, for eleven years. I actually started in the business right after the financial crash of '08 because I was in finance at that time, and uh, I thought I was going to be a floor trader. That was like that was like my thing. And then, unfortunately, computers took over the world at that point. Uh, things changed, and the market was not doing what it was doing uh, from what I was in school. And uh, so from there, I decided to get into the family business, and I. My mother's been an agent for 30 years. My dad does some hard money uh, loans for a long period of time. Um, and I just said, okay, let me start doing that. And then, um, yeah. And then I was on actually a team for the first six years of my career. So I actually was a uh, an agent, a buyer's agent on a team for that period of time. And then uh, about five, five and a half years ago, I went on my own um, and uh, started my own from the, from, from the ground up. So and now I have, uh, you know, like, yeah, three, three daughters and uh, jam-packed personal life that is nonstop action all the time. And <laughs> we just, you know, just like rolling with the punches, man. So, yeah. That's awesome. So, geez, floor trader to, uh, to realtor, top yeah. producing realtor. That's, that's a big, I mean, I had a similar career change. I went to school for first engineering, believe it or not, okay. and uh, construction management. And I just said, you know, I think I'm a salesperson. I did summer sales to pay for school. And actually in New Jersey, I actually lived in Long Branch, New Jersey, not too far from Oh, it's a great area right there. Yeah. Yeah. I sold all over Jersey City and Hoboken and 
you know, probably so not your door, your, your parents' door. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I, I think real estate, you know, if you're, if you're disciplined, good at sales, taking care of people is an amazing career opportunity. And, um, you know, one thing I wanted to start off with, which has helped me a ton is positive mindset. So talk to me a little mm-hmm. bit about, you've got a newborn baby, got two other mm-hmm. little girls, your wife, a lot of family going on. Real estate can be high stress. What's the, what are the things that help you the most to have a positive mindset? That's a great question because it's something that is a challenge every single day. Um, but there are some, um, some things in place that you, I feel like we can all use. And it's, it's actually rare. There's not many people that I know of that have more than three, three or more kids now. Right? Uh-huh. So I'm kind of like in this rare air oh, space yeah. of a family man and realtor and business owner or whatever and investor and everything where it's like, okay, like how much time do you really have in the day? Um, I mean, look, we're, we're going through it right now, but the reality is, I mean, there are certain things that like I do, like um, it's, I read a lot, actually. I read a ton of books. Any time that I can get any downtime I have, which is not much, but whether it's a break in the day of the work day or even on the weekends and the kids are doing quiet time, we call it, right? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, so I'm going to spend, and they see me reading. And it's all like usually business books, history. It's like, so I do a lot of reading to keep my mind just like at a point where I'm, I'm knowledgeable about what I'm talking about, but also it's feeding the right, you know, the right mindset. Um, I stopped yeah. watching the news, by the way. So Thank I don't you. watch any. Yeah, dude. Like, you know, I mean, uh, the only time I actually watched it was during COVID two years ago for like maybe mm-hmm. about a week or so. And then just recently, maybe for like two days with the Russian uh, Ukrainian uh, conflict. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's about it. But like, as far as like when I see anything like on Facebook that comes up, and I'm just like, you know, like I literally just like, nope, it's spam. Nope, it's spam. Like, so it, I think it's also it's also more protecting it because I did a lot of work up until you know COVID basically to get to a point where my mindset was as foolproof as you can make it. You know, yeah. Um, well, well so. positive news doesn't sell. So the problem with watching <laughs> exactly. news. It's all negative. Everyone wants, it's like the car crash. When you're driving down the highway, everyone's got to stop and look. Nothing positive to see, nothing good to see there. That's exactly what happened. What happens with the news? They, they got to sell something dramatic, crazy, negative, scandalous Mm -hmm. wars, you know, shutdowns and and pandemics. And that stuff's going to happen anyways. And you can be educated on what's going on without watching the news and yeah. protect your mindset, protect the positivity that it, it's just whatever comes in goes out. So if you got a lot of negative going in, you're going to have negative coming out in your life. You've got a lot of positive coming in, you know, a lot more positive coming out in your life. Yeah. And there's always two ways to look at things. I mean, you, you know, it, it, it's really when I found out and I learned early on in my career that it was a choice to be happy, to be positive, to do that and do affirmations on a daily basis you know, for six years, I did, I did affirmations. I did daily journaling, what I was grateful for. Um, what are five things that I did? You know what I mean? Like we, I did Love that it. work. And so it got me to a point where now I have a consistent business and it's like, I don't, and in a, such a volatile time, especially in an area that's right outside New York city, yeah. which traditionally right after COVID our rents and sale prices went down 10, 15% where the rest of the country Jeez. and and the suburbs, even of New, Jer- of New Jersey were we're raging, hundred thousand right. over asking price, right, or at a minimum, and so I think people don't realize that. That's why I, did, I actually did a, a video about that. And so mm-hmm. what kept me going? It's funny, uh, the guy who was on my, who's who's um, now the third agent on my team now, um, Moses. He actually 
he actually said to me like about a month ago, he came on like maybe three months ago. And he said, Dean, do you remember what you told the office, you know, back like two years ago, right after COVID hit? And I was like, no, tell me. He's like, well, you just kept, you kept saying, this is a great time to pick up market share. And this is a time to double down on what you're doing. And everyone in the office thought I was crazy. And (laughs) I kind of thought I was for a time, but I was like, I don't care. Like you just got to do what you got to do. So our good friend, Mike Darda and Capri, who I'll be visiting this next week or this Thursday, they gained massive market share during COVID. Brian Burnett, Hal Swayze, like all these great realtors that are friends of ours. um, Exact. They had that same mindset as you. And that's what I love these interviews for is uh, you can take advantage of any situation. You can be positive through any situation. How has that helped you in uh, being a dad and and a husband and, and uh, having three little girls? Well, I mean, it, it's, it's really everything. I mean, I don't, I don't, but I also, I think what happens with kids and you know, this, it's like, when you have kids, it changes your perspective. Yeah. You're the way that you think that you can get away with certain things of how you were going about your day or how you were being lazy here or saying something about somebody. This it's like, it's like you really have to think about what you're, cause they literally are sponges and they hear everything you, that you say, but more importantly, they see what you do. And, um, you know, I was working with my coach on this too, David Van Noy. He has four kids. And, you know, I honestly, I was like, what, how do you, how do I teach when I'm always working? How do I teach them certain things that their dad is doing that I couldn't do because I'm not home. Yeah. And he was like, they, they actually do. They, they see what you're doing, even if you're away. And it's like, okay, but when I'm home, um, I have a good like hour to an hour and a half of just total focus. And so that's what I do. I mean, I just focus on them because their currency is attention. So I look at that and I say, okay, well, I'm going to give them that card. I mean, that's what they want. So, and that's what I want. I want them to have a relationship with the dad, not the way I grew up. Right. Which is a little bit different where it was like, and I, and I love him. I love my father to death. I mean, he was, he's an amazing guy. It's like, but he worked his tail off two jobs in the beginning to then do something. And then, you know what I mean? And then he was like, so I just don't want to have that same lifestyle, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. I actually, so I'm a single dad. Don't use babysitters. Yep. My mom does help once in a while. Um, that's, that's amazing, dude. But, yeah. you know, summer's coming up and it's going to be me and the kids all day, every day. I have them 50% of the time. I won't use babysitters. And so I have to figure out how to be positive and not the stressed out dad that's telling them to shut up while I'm on calls. It's like, hey, sorry, sorry, team. Uh, you're going to hear kids in the background. I'm going to try and mm-hmm. keep them quiet. But um, luckily, I live within Wi-Fi distance of a park, so I'll take them to the park in summertime, and and um, I'll be working on my laptop all summer. So um, yeah. there, it's it's different. But um, I noticed the same thing you did is years ago. I had the choice to be a happy, positive person, and even through some crazy stuff that's going on in my personal life the last year, eighteen months, um, I have taken steps. And that's kind of what I wanted to hear from you is what steps do you take? Um, So mine is I get to the gym. I eat really well. So I'm lemon water in the morning, Mm -hmm. hydrating like crazy, eating protein, try not to eat sugar and carbs, working out on a, on a weekly, you know, five, six, seven, eight times a week. Um, And then I do the positive affirmations. If you look at my Facebook, um, Mm -hmm me and my kids on the way to school. I I make my kids say I'm one of the smartest kids in my class. I have lots of friends. My teachers love me. 
Um, and you know, it's made a huge difference in my kid's life. So I choose to do affirmations. I, I choose to work out to eat healthier because I know that there's so much negative crap from stressful deals, raising money, whatever I've got going on that I need to make those things happen for myself. Um, and, and so what are a few things that you choose to do that, that help that positive mindset? Well, that's exactly, you hit the nail on the head. I just did a video on that on my Facebook actually, uh, with my kids and I was, it was around doing affirmations with them in the car. So I get them now once a week and I, and I, and I, and I take them to school on Fridays. And so, but that's one thing that we do. It's like, if it's like, if you're going to be with, with me, I want them to understand that their words coming out of their mouth have meaning and they have purpose. And it's not just talking and saying, hi, bye, please. Thank you. I want them to believe in something. And so you know, obviously doing what I did for so many years, I am is, is super important. And, um, and then also just like, you know, making sure that they, you know, really, um, they, anytime that they have like any like down, you know, downtime, but like they're getting upset about something, how to handle, um, what I heard from someone else too, with conflict resolution Mm -hmm. is big. So like how to handle conflict in their lives. Right. So it's like, these are all the things that, you know, and my wife does an amazing job. She's way like light years ahead. I'm very lucky in that way. That's awesome. I have a huge supporter. I don't know how you do it as a single dad. I think it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's crazy to me to think that that, that, you know, is, um, you know, is something that you do successfully because without my wife, I don't know if I could have what I have. Right. And so I yeah. think that just, I'm just going to say that and that, that's just what it is, but yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, those are some things that we do, you know? Awesome. So, awesome. Well, cool, man. That's, we're on the same page there for sure. Um, and I think people really like that. And I'm sure your clients see that your clients appreciate that, you know, it's not all about the money, you know, it's not all about getting the next deal, which is important, you know, that pays for life, but you're not running too fast that you forget what's important, which is no, I mean, and you know, honestly, exactly. It's saying like, I, could I sit here and tell you, I do easily over a hundred deals a year. I know I can, it's just, it's not a, I've already come close many. I mean, it's not a matter of if, if whether I can or can't, it's just that my priorities are, I haven't worked a weekend in over a year. Right. Awesome. There's like, I mean, that's just, that's just what, I mean, work when I mean is go on showings, go on listening appointments, maybe I answer the phone every once in a while, but it's, sure. it's rare that I'm ever taking my time out to do that because the weekends have to be for family yeah. and that's what they get. Right. So, that's um, awesome. you know what I mean? You like go to the that, store ever? Oh yeah. Yeah, we sure. Actually, my my parents just bought a house down there. Uh, they're buying. They're they're uh, they're making a place for the kids to have for the grandparents nice. to go down and uh, nice. you know. But uh, but yeah, I mean everything revolves around them, and you have to do what you have to do. And yeah, if a client here says, I I, I picked up the phone like on Saturday with a client. I was like, yeah. hey, you know, if you hear some noise in the back, just letting you know, you know, that's my you know my newborn, but I'm here for you. What's up? You know what I mean? And it's like that's awesome it's just part of our lives. I and mean, everyone yep. goes through it, you know, it's like, okay, so it's not that big of a deal anymore, you know? So yep. I actually started taking Heidi on appointments when she was six weeks old. Um, yeah. Cause her mom had some postpartum, but um, I was happy to, and it was fun. Like I was a dad toting around a six week old and now I make her bring a binder. It's kind of fun to bring <laughs> a, a notepad actually. And I'll be like, all right, Heidi, go ahead and write down what you think is good about this house and tell them why they should yep. buy it. And so, so she's grilling my clients like, why do you like this house? And I love it. And taking notes with crayon or colored pencil. And it's fun. Yeah. But, and, um, and, and, you know, one other thing too, is I actually ask them another question. I say, well, what did you learn today? 
So everything, when they go to school, it's or even gymnastics. What did you learn? What did you learn? Because I want them to get the psyche of like, this is about learning. You have to like yeah. be okay with it. It's not just doing something because dad forced you, mom forced you to do it, you know? Um, so anyway, yeah, but that's, awesome. but that's to, to, you know, to that point, I, I can't wait until, um, you know, my, you know, I can take like all of them I, sitting at a negotiating table is my dream. Honestly, if I could have them <laughs> at a conference table doing a deal, like what you're like, what we're doing and like yeah. being like, okay, get me just, you guys just sit there, listen to dad and, and Sam or some, you know, other people do certain things or like in my team, you know, I think that's like, that it's like, that to me is what I never had. And I would love to, to do, yeah. you know, so that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you'll do it. That's really cool. Let's, um, <laughs> let's talk about investments for a minute. So sure. might be some good opportunity right now in Jersey. If, if prices have come down a little bit and rents have come down, there might be some, yeah. some opportunities there in Jersey. Tell me what you got going on close to you. Yeah. So Hudson County uh, consists of about seven towns. One of them, two of them being major that a lot of people have heard about Hoboken and Jersey City, and that's predominantly where that where my business is um, is running. And in Hoboken, as an example, like you know, there there's a plethora of one bedroom condos right now. I mean, there's more. There's about fifty percent more inventory than there was last year. The wow. two and three bedroom markets are you can't get them. You can't even touch them. I mean, they're going to multiple bidding wars. That's like what you're seeing normally. But the studios and one bedrooms. I mean, you know, you're picking up one bedrooms like maybe. In 2017, at like our initial peak in Hoboken, um, you would have seen a 600 square foot condo sell for like 450. Wow! Now you'd be lucky to get 375. Interesting. So, Interesting. yeah. So, and that's just a condo, multi, but anything else outside of just the smaller condos are pretty are doing pretty well, especially singles yeah. and multis. Obviously, you yeah. Know, multifamily is just like a super hot asset class. I just listed a, an 11 unit building actually. Nice. In um in Hoboken, it's more like a trophy kind of long term hold asset. If you're if you're cap rate sensitive, not pro- not probably for you, but um it's, more of a growth. You know, so play. it's more of a growth play. You know, ch- you know, institutional money, family offices type of thing. But um, yeah, somebody in the ten thirty one that wants to preserve capital and in, in a really good growth area. Exactly, dude. So so that's like one we just listed for five point nine. But I mean, the smaller smaller stuff. I mean, eventually it will rebound. Because what's going to happen is schools like Stevens is a biggest school over here. Um, we'll start. It ha- has opened back up, and New York. We're, but we're also a reflection of New York City. Yeah. So whatever New York City does, which you see reports on this, it's like you know 30 percent rents have increased in New York City. Well, yeah. that just means that we're going to get that same growth over on the on the other side of the Hudson River. So well, hurry and buy something before that happens. Absolutely, you know. But now, but from our groups and from our talks, it's like. I, you know, I question: Do I want to own 100% of a few condos or 1% of, you know, 500 units? It's yeah, it's kind of like a trade-off, you know. So yeah, it's funny. I just had this conversation with I'm not going to say who it was, but a, a Mike Ferry agent in a different state, and he's buying a 12 plex, and he bought an 8 plex, and and I said, you know, what are you going to do when you get to 50 units? Who's managing that? He's like, well, mm-hmm. my wife likes to do it. I'm like, but she tells. <laughs> She makes really good money, right? So you're gonna right. pay her what eighty thousand a year, and she's <laughs> making like three or four hundred thousand in sales right now. Doesn't make yeah. any sense. He's like, well, I have to get employees. I'm like, who's gonna manage those employees? Um, so one benefit, Sam, and this is happenstance between like how mm-hmm. we got together and why I, I I was reached out. You know, Michael Young had reached out to me initially on this yeah. through a mutual connection in, in Mike Ferry, but um, this was all because of what I saw here in New York City area. 
Like yeah. the rest of the country doesn't understand how bad it was here in yeah. COVID and yeah. what had, and even to this day, I still have clients right now. They cannot kick out tenants because yeah. it's, it is so tough. And I'm saying to myself, if I Crazy. own one unit, dude, if I own one unit and I can't kick you out, I'm literally putting You're the bill. Cause I mean, so, and then I have no scalability. I have no, and I'm just thinking to myself, what, why would I put myself through that? So talking about management, I, we, that changed the game. I was going to do what your friend you, that you talked to was going to do yeah, all yeah. the time, you know, four units, three units. But then I was like, whoa, this is what it could be. It could look like after COVID. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want none of that. Let me sell and do what I do in residential and I'll put my money to commercial because that's kind of like, I just was, yeah. So people don't, if you're not from this area, it's very hard for you to understand how bad it could get, you know? Well, it's, it's the whole West Coast. Same exact thing. Yeah. New investors flocking to us saying, please take my money. I was able to get it out of, out of California or Oregon or Washington and never yep. want to own a rental there again. Same thing. Yep. They couldn't get renters out in Utah. Guess what? Me and all my investors, hundred percent rent collected through COVID. Unbelievable. So their governor like said, that. Hey, Hey renters, you still got to work. If you're mm-hmm. laid off work, maybe you get a break on rent, but rent is still due and you'll still have to pay some time. Right. And, wh- and what I, and right. Dude, Honestly, Sam, what I saw with a couple of our clients that we had to help through this whole process um, was, you know, they had this empowerment mentality that I've never seen with tenants before. Yeah. And it just, it just like crazy, like everyone just was like, um, yeah, no. And literally, but now because of that, now, you know, my business is really national in a way because I'm referring out like as of last year, dude, I sent out 15 referrals to other agents in Florida all over wow. the place, wow. right? Personally, just me. So yeah. like, that's just, you know, it's just what you said. Louisiana was another one, a lot in Texas, and right? So it's Utah. like, <laughs> and, uh, dude, I think, Utah, I think I send Grace saying about 30,000 in referral fees a year. I mean, that, but that's in an amazing California. thing, right? Yeah. 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 So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, that's, man. so that's an interesting, interesting topic. It's scalability. And so not only is it a time suck and energy suck a management suck, like, you, it's just, you're, it's going to take so much out of you to manage all these smaller properties and units. The profitability isn't as high and the sustainability through a pandemic or a recession and the ability to cover your expenses and mm-hmm. cover your risk is not there when you're not in a large property, a large multifamily property. So like, I feel, yeah, like I, and the, and the fact that I was able to convince my wife to do this with you, with, you know, with the group and like in yeah. general investing outside of state. So wait, you're telling me, Dean, we, we can't see it. We can't touch it on a daily basis. We can't go buy it. I mean, you know, I was pitched a 22 unit building in, in a town called South Orange in New Jersey here, not mm-hmm. too far away. And we can on the weekends go there every 20 minutes away. Like nobody can see it. I decided not to do that and go with you guys. And I was like, and, but my wife was like, okay, yeah. Th- and now I understand what you're saying. Cause it's like, it's not, it's it, with technology. We feel, you know, it just made sense. And you guys are trustworthy, man. If it wasn't for Mike Ferry and like having that connection with conduit, I mean, the, that's where it seems like the biggest hurdle is for a lot of investors and LPs is yeah. that the I trust mean, factor, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's like, once you get well, through man. that, yeah. But once you get through it and you do your due diligence and you realize, okay, well, I mean, you should invest money that you can lose anyway, but regardless, it still should be something where, you feel safe with them and you feel like, okay, this is going to, you know, work out, you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting when people uh, commit to invest with me, they say, okay, well, what questions haven't I asked yet? And I said, well, you've done some good due diligence on the deal on yeah. the property. 
do you even know anything about me? <laughs> like, it's kind of scary. <laughs> You're ready to give me money. Thank yeah, you I know if you remember trust. that last summer when we first spoke, yeah. I asked you questions I think about you from what I remember. It wasn't so much about like, I mean, it was about the property, but yeah, it was, I, I wanted to, you know, get to know you guys more and how you guys operate, you know? So, yeah. So we're, you know, we're consistently one of the most conservative groups out there numbers yeah. wise, pro forma wise, you know, what properties we buy. So, you know, we know because of the recession that in some cases rents and total income for a property would drop by 10, 15%. Mm-hmm. And then you'd have people on top of that, just not paying. So what we decided is we will never buy a multifamily asset unless it can cover all of its expenses plus the mortgage, even at 20% vacancy. Mm-hmm. Try doing that on, on a 12 flex. You lose two, two and a half renters, you're done. Like you're you're un- underwater probably. You're paying mm-hmm. some of that mortgage or you're it's it's not going to be pretty. On a duplex, you use one tenant you're paying the mortgage that month. You're paying the expenses that month. So it's very interesting how much better these large multifamily assets perform. The Cleveland property we bought can be 43% vacant and still <laughs> cover all That's of the crazy. expenses mortgage. I mean, it's, but, but, it's always yeah. been 99% occupied. That's the thing. Like we're next to the Cleveland clinic with nurses, doctors, surgeons, and right. medical staff. And, you know, so it's just, there, there are things that we do for a very specific reason. We're in landlord-friendly states. We are in locations that are close to jobs and um, good demographics, good locations. And we never buy a deal that just can't pay for itself. And, and that's the beautiful thing. Yeah. The San Antonio deal that we're closing on soon, same thing. 20%, 30% vacant. That's okay. It's still going to cover all the, all the expenses. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and that's the thing about you guys buy it, right? And that, and that's what made me comfortable, you know, to, to, to go, to move ahead and, and to work really with you guys. I mean, there's no other syndications I have right now um, going on. I mean, yeah, they've been pitched a lot, you know, and there's multiple opportunities to go into different, different deals. But um, like I was pitched something that was a ground up construction, like it was going to be 80 units or something like that in, in, in New Jersey. Uh But then I was like, ground up construction. Have have you got, I mean, how long is that going to take? Number one. Um, and how are you guys underwriting this stuff? And it's like, so now I'm also learning from you guys too. It's like, it's like a, it's a good trade as well. Cause I know what questions to ask and I know kind yeah. of what to look for. And so, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're looking you know. at a $300 million new build ground up construction deal right now. But, um, I mean, we're going to do 10, 15 deals before that one ever comes off out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would never recommend putting a ton of money in or all your money into new construction because prices could change and yeah. city could delay. I mean, I've done new construction. I built over $300 million with a fourplex communities with a, a partnership I had previously and cities will delay the hell out of you. Our good mm-hmm. friend, um, I'm not going to say who he's in California though. He's a million dollars that's been sitting for three years now in a ground up deal. Wow. And that's what ultimately that type of stuff is what ultimately pushed me into existing value add multifamily, big multifamily yeah. that 100, 200, 300 doors. It's already there, cash flowing within the first year. You remodel it. And then mm-hmm. by the second year, you're at 8% plus cash flow and uh, you're, home, you're home free. You know, if worst case yeah. scenario, like these, these really heavy value out Cleveland deals, like the ones you're in, mm-hmm. let's say we can't refi out all of our money. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we're still going to cash flow at like 10%. <laughs> like, 
Dang yeah, it. exactly. Get you, all, get you all your money back within three years. You're still going to make a crazy amount of money and we'll sell it in five to 10. And, and sorry, you're going to make 10% on your money every year until then. Yeah. Well, and then, and then outside of the, just the cash flow, right? Cause like, we're still working, we're still young, right? There's obviously multiple points of why investing like an in, syndication is the best to me conduit between not having to manage something, but still get all the benefits of you owning it hundred percent. And so, and That's also true. what I mean by that is the tax benefits. I mean, our tax bill literally went down, you know, we saved probably, you know, at least what, 10 to 15 grand, just, nice. just on our personal. I mean, not so that, that the government didn't get the money. It was just because of the tax write-off. And so, that's awesome, you know. Like Dude, that's love tax Anytime you're not I love it. the government money is is a good day. <laughs> well, exactly. So here's the thing, though, is is I think people still should buy the duplex, the the condo with you and your group. I mean, there's still a good reason for your clients, investors, to buy those. I mean, a if you're not accredited, then you can't invest with us. But b, you know, maybe you need the experience. Maybe you want the experience. Maybe there's a really heavy value add deal flip opportunity where you could make instead of 15 to 18% a year, like we do, maybe you can make 30% and, and maybe you manage it and you've got the time. So I still sell a ton of properties to investors here in Utah. You know, I'm, I'm working on mm -hmm. one right now myself. I just bought a flip last week. Um, so there's still really good opportunity out there. I would say what you need to do, and this is what I like about, I saw some of your videos is you're teaching people some principles and helping them look at like, okay, why would you do this? Or why would you not? And I would mm -hmm. say, you know, I've told people never buy duplexes, fourplexes ever, ever, ever. Well, th there are exceptions to that rule. If you can make crazy money, if yeah. it's a really good opportunity and you know, for sure that you can get great, you know, great returns, then yeah, go, go buy yeah. it. I've done really and well with some, some of my duplexes and fourplexes. Exactly. But like your areas in Utah, like Florida, Texas, these, these now post COVID world where you're becoming like the new New York and California's of the world it, in terms of appreciation, because of the population trends going and migrating to you guys, right? Yep. Like your guys are getting the benefit of that, but that's what I never understood for so many years with these other investors over here by me, especially when I was like a young buck in my late twenties, like I didn't understand why they would be buying a property that was either negative cash flow or breaking even here. Yep. And I was like, ah, because the equity built, in other words, their appreciation. So yes, there are 100%. As an example, I'm looking to pick up, actually, funny you say you picked up a flip. I have something that um, I'm negotiating right now. We should lock it up this week. It's it's in a town called Bayonne, of all places. And I've been I, to Bayonne. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And But I'm going to get it for a certain price. We'll be able to, you know, it, it's like a over 100% return, you know, awesome. not even the flip, just in the equity that you buy from the value. So of wow. course, there's going to be deals in one to four units. It's just a matter. It's just knowing what you know about the market and um, and just keep you know keeping an eye out for the for those deals as they come. That's awesome. And, and so, as far as your team goes, do you guys focus mm -hmm. on investments, or is it just residential? And then you happen to be really good investments as well. So I, I personally take on any investment client. So that, okay. that you know that comes in. Um, I have a team of three agents, two people on staff. That basically run the show behind the scenes, marketing wise, transaction wise, and you know, listing coordination wise, and then the three agents. Those, you know, depending upon what they're looking for. So, you know, I, I like to say I'm more of your high level setup guy. So I set you up and making sure that we have like I'm like your doctor. You know, making that initial consult to make sure that we're on the same page about okay, what are you looking for exactly? How do you invest? 
you know, what do you look for exactly? Is it more cash flow, right? Equity, all, all these different things we look for. And then depending upon that, then I, I put them in touch with one of my partners on the team and then they go out and actually show the properties and they go from there. So, um, and it seems to work great because they can get me anytime, you know what I mean? And like, we can, so we could talk about, Hey, does this, this deal look good? And I'm completely upfront with them. I'm like, no, nah, I, I wouldn't buy that. Cause I think, cause you, have you thought about this? And I've saved a lot of clients that way, you know, with uh, not, don't buy this property. They're like, why would you say that Dean? You're a salesperson. I'm like, well, I'm looking out for your best interest because that doesn't make sense because X, Y, and Z does it make sense to you? And then they're like, oh yeah, I didn't think about that. Oh, okay. Let's keep looking. You know what I mean? So, I I yeah. You know, what's interesting is I got a reputation of talking people out of deals. <laughs> I, me too. My, I tell my team, I say, you should, you should be convincing them almost otherwise of why they should not be buying this property. Like in, in many ways, because get excited and they ignore the yeah. flags. And, and, you know, and like, but like, but sometimes it's also like, you just have to, when you know something in your gut, look, they, they'll do clients do whatever they want. But as far as I'm concerned, it's our job to be the, to be that, like, you know, that bridge to say, wait a minute, don't cross that bridge yet. Let me make sure that like, you know, this is a, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, have you thought about every little thing? And I pride myself. I mean, I, I know I'm a driver personality, but I'm a total analytical when it comes to deals. Nice. You know what I mean? I like looking at all these little, like, I'm very analytical when it comes to this stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. Did you think about this, this, and this? And so I really do try to talk them out of it as well. I, I, I rather them not buy the deal um, than actually, you know, just buy anything for no reason. Yeah. You know? Sometimes the best deal you buy is the one you don't. Mm-hmm. And, um, we we've experienced that. I mean, we were going to jump into this deal, uh, with this group in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, and I just didn't feel good about the market. And, um, they ended up having huge issues. It was a hard market to find good yeah. workers in, even in a great economy That was before COVID. So they were struggling before COVID and mm-hmm. man, thank goodness we didn't jump in that deal. Cause they had to do two capital calls. They need, they were like 2 million short on the rehab. And I can't yeah. imagine how that would be. I mean, we've, we've come close on rehab budgets because we've had hidden expenses. We always have a contingency budget. We always have three months reserves baked into the numbers. Um, Mm -hmm. So we've, we've had to sweat through, you know, skimping on, on some things that we were going to do because randomly a $60,000 boiler that was supposed to be brand new went out. Um, But I mean, that's 60 grand and we could cover it, you know, no problem. I'm talking 2 million bucks. That's a lot. Their investors and say, Hey, we need money. Now your investments diluted, returns are diluted and, and lower. So yeah, sometimes it's good just not to do a deal and, and be patient. And I actually just had a, as funny as I'm with my, my business coach, who is now my new COO at, at multifamily investment club. Um, I was looking to buy a house for me and the kids. And he's like, Hey, slow down, slow down, buddy. Be patient. He's like, don't you tell your clients to be patient? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I got to remember, be patient, be patient. And, 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 you know, we have, uh, on, as far as the multifamily side, we do not budge from our numbers. Like they have to hit very specific parameters or we don't even write an offer. We just throw it away. We're throwing away 15, 20 deals a week, every week, and maybe only offering on one. Yeah. But that, but you know, and that's exactly the segue I was going to say is that like, that's where a lot of even the local investors here, right. Is that they, they want to buy a property so bad that they don't understand that sometimes you got to play the numbers a little bit and understand yeah. do you have a standard, you know, what is your standard protocol for what you're looking for? You know? And it's like, you know, everyone just says, I want a good deal. Like, what does that mean to you? Like, you know I mean? Like, do you really, 
have you you know looked at everything? I mean, if you know the market well, you can make offers like 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 me on some like you know I made two offers on you know two potential flips last week as an example. Yeah. But yeah. I just knew the market. I don't have to think about so much of it. But until you get to that point, like yeah, you got to make a lot of offers before you really can, like you said, you know, like hone in on that one. So yeah, know. and um, I think educating yourself is huge. I I get so frustrated with people. We're talking about this with a buddy. That's hey, can I? can I take you to lunch and pick your brain and learn about multifamily? And I'll, I always will take time with people, but my, my next question is sure. But what books have you read and what podcasts have you listened to about it? Cause if you're not educated, I, I'm going to go way over your head. I don't have time to educate you from zero. Why yeah, don't you educate yeah. yourself? It's there's so much free content. Bigger pockets has a flip analyzer tool. That's free. Um, I don't think I, I think it took me to invest with even with you guys. I, I think it took me about three years of constant YouTubing books I was reading and just like because you you can't just oh yeah you know here's a certain amount of money just on the, on a whim you're always going to question it if you don't have enough knowledge right I mean even though we have we live in a world with information it's like ignorance is still well dude know, if, if I tell you about our uh, underwriting principles and you don't really know why it's important that an exit cap is higher than when you buy it. You know, you're going to look at an OM and be like, oh, this guy's deal looks amazing. Why is it? I don't yeah. know why it looks so amazing. I'm going to put my money in. Well, he's cheating on the numbers, you know? So yeah, yeah. if you don't do your research, there's, you're going to miss stuff and, and it could be very costly. So I'd say get exactly. educated, get educated in your market. Like, you know, know what's happening in your market. I, I happened, I happened to know that there was a hospital being put in. That's where I built my house. My house went from 700,000 to 1.1 million in 18 months because the children's hospital all of a sudden started coming out of the ground and a lot of people didn't even know it was happening. That's, a, that's it right there, right? So it's, knowledge, is, <laughs> knowledge is power for sure. Well, we're, we're about out of time, but I, I did want to say, um, let's promote you and your team, your mm-hmm. you know, Hoboken, Jersey City, everything, um, mm-hmm. the other side of the river there from New York. Uh, what else do you guys have going on? Any hot deals right now or, or anything you want to promote? Um, well, I, I briefly touched upon it. The, the, the hottest one right now is really the 11 units in Hoboken. Um, awesome. Cause it's like, it's not, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the location that it's in, I mean, it's, it's, it's a rarity. You just don't get more than five units in Hoboken anymore, especially all brick. And especially that it's been in the family for over since the 1940s. Right. Whoa. So we're talking like <laughs> legacy here. Like nice. old school Hoboken, like Frank Sinatra days Hoboken. Wow. So it's um yeah. So like that's like a big that would be something that I, I know for the right person it's gonna it's gonna work out very well for. Um and um but yeah, I mean look, there's a lot of deals to be had in New Jersey. I mean, and again, from my perspective, um, you know, what we do is everything from like the Holland Tunnel to the George Washington Bridge, you know, those those landmarks, Lincoln Tunnel, anything just right when you walk it, when you come into Jersey, boom that's the market that I service. Right. So, um, yeah. Awesome. awesome. Okay. And you're doing a flip in Bayonne, which I knocked doors yeah. all over Bayonne. Um, <laughs> you know, my favorite, there was a, I had a favorite pizza joint. I want to say it was Jersey city. It was amazing. I, I don't remember. It was a Staten Island. There is, there is this, uh, Italian family, uh-huh. in Staten Island, had the most amazing pizza. So yeah. I figured we're, we're basically talking about New York, New Jersey. Got to talk about pizza too. So yeah, oh yeah, um, so there's there's a lot of good ones, man. <laughs> so so your family's doing awesome. Um, 
I probably want to end on that. I mean, I'm guessing your family is your why, but tell me about, you know, you're growing your company, you're, you're, you're investing a ton of money. Um, obviously for me, it's my kids, you know, building a life for them. And, and you talked about teaching them and negotiating table, but let, let's hit one more time on Dean Clark. What's your why? And, um, why are you producing at a big level and why do you keep your weekends free for your family? I mean, what, what's going on there? I mean, at the end of the day, I think I just wanted to show them what a winner looks like in life. And to, when that means positivity, what it, what it means to work, work, at, especially it's nowadays when everything is given to you with Amazon, you know, same day shipping, right? It's like, yeah. I want them to know like what it's like to actually like not only work, but work smart, you know, how to manage money. That was something I never had. Like I never, I never was taught how to manage money. I never was taught how to do sales in a big way. And these are all things that if I can at least have the opportunity to show them that these are the two skills that if you have in life, you can do anything, right? And I've seen that with other families that I've grew up with in higher class areas. And I'm like, oh man, like, you know, like, oh yeah, like that's, you know, so that, that to me is really, is everything that I'm, 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 I'm really working for. I love that. That's exactly what I want to teach my kids, manage money, yeah. manage their time, be positive, be really good human beings that, that know how to work hard. And, and honestly, the more money you make, the more successful, successful you are, the more people you can help. Oh yeah. And one last thing, I'll just say this, dude, I didn't realize that being an actual good person was an actual value add to clients. I didn't think, I just <laughs> thought that everyone was a good, I didn't, I didn't realize, but like when you actually do the right thing, it's like, I was like, wait, you're, this is not normal. I thought this is what everyone does, but apparently it's not. And I'm like, okay, then that, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm naturally just like, this is who I am, what I do. So I you know. love that. So yeah. be a good person, be the anomaly, be the person that does the right thing, even when people aren't watching. It's never and about the commission, man. I mean, people really, are always watching. Yeah. They, they always are watching. If you think it's about the commission, then you're sadly mistaken. If you're getting into real estate, you're trying to be an agent, you're trying to be an investor. It's like, yeah, but if you do the right thing by solving someone's problem at a high level, yeah. you will always be needed and wanted. And, you know, that's what the market pays for. So. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that. That's the reason I started my company is I was selling. So I sold 106 properties in 2018. Most of those were investment properties. That's on my own without a team. Mm. Uh, my team did, you know, the people, I, I didn't have a team. I was referring to two or three agents at the time when I got too busy. They probably did another 40 deals. So, um, but I got scared. I was like, geez, these guys are buying deals that think they're going to do well. I mean, the, the, if the pro forma mm -hmm. is right. And I was telling them, you know, have six months of mortgages and expenses saved up in case the market gets tight. But I always wanted to do the, the right thing by my investors, this loyal client base that was following me. And I just thought, you know, if I could get them to invest with me in these bigger deals, they're safer, they're lower risk, they make mm -hmm. more money. They don't have to sign on the loan at that point. They don't have legal liability at that point. Um, yep. that's why I started my syndication business is to provide a better outcome for my clients, for my investors. And I knew I would make great money. I actually took a pay cut to start the company, but it was fine. I knew at the end of the day, these, if I could get these people to buy in their lives would change because instead of managing three or four or five, six, seven, eight rentals, they'd mm -hmm. be managing zero cashing a check every month with less risk and way less risk and more upside. And it's been amazing. Yeah. It's been really fun saying, hey, we just sent you 20 grand, uh, Michael Young, or we just sent you 30 grand this month. And 
by the way, here's the report. Here's the numbers. We're 95% occupied. By the way, you didn't have to do anything other than trust us that we're doing the right thing and, and check in on us once in a while. So it, it's been really awesome. fun to um, focus on those principles, being a good person and absolutely word is spread. And, and it's been really, really fun that we get connected with people like you and and it's been great. But I would say if, if, if our listeners could have one takeaway, no matter what field you're in, you know, um, be a good person and take care of people. And those are doing, the yeah, absolutely. Doing the right thing is everything. And what you're building, I think I'm super proud of you to do this. I mean, this is a huge value add to the marketplace and uh, hopefully more people and they, they will be coming on board. Um, even I've talked to my family about you, you know, you guys. So at some point, there should be a lot more coming. Well, thank <laughs> you. Point, but I, I yeah. appreciate it. We're excited. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's end with that, man. I, I really appreciate your time. Um, yep. Again, we'll, we'll try and make sure you get some referrals out to Jersey, any of our Boston clients. You know, I, we've got quite a few Boston investors, um, Florida mm-hmm. investors. Um, hopefully get you get, get you some referrals that way. But thanks so much, Dean. And um, good luck, yeah, man. baby. She's, she's what, uh, almost, she's two months old. Two and a half a little over old. two months right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. You should start sleeping soon, man. Good luck. Yeah. Wish me luck. Three girls. Actually, four girls. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> four girls at home and Dean. You're, you're in Yeah, trouble. that's it. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate your yeah. time.